Here we go. Franchises and film arcs, Christopher Nolan, Bong Joon-ho, Paul Thomas Anderson. Franchises and film arcs, Mission Impossible 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, I don't even know if there are that many admissions This episode will contain a really bad musical intro. Oh, shoot. Wrong. Wrong one. This episode will contain spoilers for the debut film of Bong Joon-ho, Barking Dogs Never Bite. Welcome to a new episode of Franchises and Filmogs. This is episode 30 of the podcast formerly known as Zack Spooktacularathon. Today, we're going to talk about our first film with the new format of franchises and filmogs, and that is the first film, or the debut future film, of Bong Joon-ho. This season, season two of the podcast, is all about Bong Joon-ho. We're going through his filmography, and we're starting off with his 2000 debut film, Barking Dogs Never Bite. And this is a good film. If you are a fan of Bong Joon-ho, I think you'll be a fan of this film because I am a fan of Bong Joon-ho, and this is a solid debut. It's almost two hours also. I think it's slightly under two hours, uh, but that's pretty long for a debut film, and it keeps your attention the whole time, partially because I had to read subtitles the whole time, but it's also, there's a lot going on, and it's, it's a pretty complex story. I'm going to try and break it down a little bit right here. So if you have not seen the film, this is where the spoilers might come in. Uh, But let's let's break it down a bit and then we'll start talking about uh, my thoughts on the film, because this this whole podcast is just me ranting about films. Uh, So here we go. Plot summary. You're introduced this guy who hears a dog in his apartment complex and he's annoyed by this dog's bark. So he decides to steal the dog and throw it off the roof but he is unsuccessful. Instead, this lady catches him and he then tries to hang the dog in like this basement part of the apartment complex. And he's unsuccessful in that. So then he puts this dog in a wardrobe to just trap it there. Uh, He finds out later in the film, we'll, we'll come back to this stuff, but he finds out later in the film that it was the wrong dog. He finds another dog that was barking in the complex. So he steals that dog and he throws it off a roof. And these two young girls uh, that are working in a snack kiosk across the way, they're on the roof, and they one of them is playing with some binoculars that they sell at the kiosk, and she sees him throw the dog off the roof. So she chases him down, and she is not successful. She never finds him, uh, or she never sees his face, so she can't turn him into the police. Um, but then... This man's wife brings home a dog. She does not realize that this guy is trying to murder every dog and hates dogs for some reason. Uh, But she brings home this dog and she tells him that she wants him to help her take care of the dog. And he's like, okay, if I have to, basically. And then we later find out that she used $3,000 to buy this dog, which... To me, sounds like a pretty expensive dog. I don't know how expensive dogs are, but uh, she tells him that she saved three thousand dollars to of her severance pay to buy this dog, 
and that she was also saving $10,000 for him to become a professor, but he lost the dog, so she's pissed at him and might not give him the money, unclear, as he loses the dog, and the young girl that uh, was using the binoculars and saw him throw the dog off the roof, she still does not recognize him, so she meets up with him to help him search for a dog because she is very into helping animals, it seems, and she sees him putting up these signs for a lost dog. So she tries to help him search for a dog. And then she finds this homeless man on the roof who appears to be trying to eat the dog or cook the dog to eat. Uh, so she chases him or she steals the dog and runs away and he tries to chase her down. She gets away because her other friend tackles the man and becomes famous on TV and then finally, the original guy who's trying to become a professor confesses to her that he was the one that threw the other dog off the roof. She doesn't seem too angry at him for some reason, but then he becomes a professor and the two girls go hiking. That's the final scene and everybody's happy. It's a happy ending. So that is a very brief summary of Barking Dogs Never Bite without too much detail on the inner workings of the film but because it's a very complicated film and the characters are very complex. And if I talked straight about that, it would just take way too long. Uh, some interesting things about this film is it was filmed in Bong Joon-ho's own apartment for a lot of the scenes. Uh, the scenes where the man and the wife live were all in Bong Joon-ho's own apartment. So I guess he was, uh, he was going on a lower budget when it came to the setting. Uh, and then on top of that, this film did not do well at the box office. It cost $800,000 to make, which doesn't seem too expensive these days, but knowing that it was his debut film, you would hope he didn't have to spend that much on it. Uh, and only about 100,000 people saw it in South Korea, which I guess is very low numbers according to what I was reading. I don't know how many people will normally see a film in South Korea, but that seems pretty low, 100,000 people. Uh, yeah, so those are, that's uh, Barking Dogs Never Bite. A little bit of the story, a little bit of the facts. We're going to take a break here, and we'll be right back to talk about a couple things with this debut film. So this is a very solid debut feature film for Bong Joon-ho, and it is clear how he has evolved as a director. And he has evolved into one of the best directors around. Parasite is one of the best films uh, maybe I've seen ever. Uh, but it, it, what I found really striking about this film was the soundtrack, to be honest, and the, just the sound used throughout the film. Uh, it's a very jazzy soundtrack, uh, which is not seemingly the most fitting for a film like this, but it works. It works very well in this film. Um, and then there are a lot of noises throughout the film that kind of irritate you, I guess. Like he has to show that these dogs are barking and that is irritating the main character or the main actor. And he does well with that. These dogs are very annoying and we only get brief glimpses of them barking. Uh, they're very annoying. They have a very high pitched bark. And most people that live in an apartment can probably understand this. Now, I very much do not condone how he acts against these dogs and basically becomes a dog murderer. 
but I can understand how you might be annoyed by dogs barking. I live in a big apartment complex and every time I walk outside in the halls, I hear dogs barking throughout the complex. Uh, but I'm also not going in there and taking people's dogs uh, from them. So I can kind of relate to the irritation. I can't really relate to the abuse, I guess. Uh, it's a very dark story for Bong Joon-ho to start off telling as well. Um, but there are other noises throughout the film that also seem to annoy me. There, there were a bunch of drunk people at one point singing karaoke, and that's not a noise I like either. Uh, basically, he builds a very interesting atmosphere that is easily irritable for the audience or the viewer. Uh, and it, it's, it doesn't seem like a very high-budget film. I guess he did spend quite a bit of money to make this film. Uh, but it doesn't feel too high-budget, but that's not a problem either. It's basic, but in a good way. Um, another common theme in Bong Joon-ho films, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot more as we watch more of his films, and this becomes a lot more prevalent in newer films, but there's this role of class that he always seems to bring up in his films. At least every film I've seen that he's done is very class-based, and maybe he won't talk so much directly about how his films are based on classes and like the difference in like the poverty gap. Um, but in this film, you can clearly see that this guy really wants to become a professor for some reason, uh, which is not my first pick of a job. I guess people do really like teaching and I like being a teacher. I've often thought that I'd be a great tour guide because I just like show, showing people new places that I know more about than they do. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit of a narcissist. Uh, but in this film, uh, you can definitely see differences in class. There are these two girls that work in a snack kiosk and clearly don't love working there, uh, but they have to. Uh, this guy really wants to become a professor, so he's kind of being told to bribe people to become a professor. This was one part of the plot I didn't fully understand, and I might need to rewatch it or read more about it. But I think at the beginning of this film... They were talking about how somebody bribed like the dean of the school or something to become a professor. And that's the whole reason he's trying to get $10,000. Also, not sure how $10,000 helps you become a professor and how bribery is going to help with that. Because once you're a professor, you still have to know how to teach. So that was an interesting aspect. Uh, but you also see like these petty crimes going on that the lower class kind of have to do throughout the film to get by. There's a bank robber at one point. And it's it's subtle. In this film, it's much more subtle than like Parasite or Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is very class-based from what I remember. But in this film, it's more subtle. But if you're looking for it, you can definitely see a lot of class issues. Um, the professor and his wife appear to only eat like nuts at night. I don't know. I think they're eating like walnuts or something every night. And that's all his wife wants to eat, which is super weird to me because you can definitely get better food than walnuts for cheap. But uh, yeah, that's it's just more of the, the class-based theme throughout this film. Let's take another quick break here. We'll talk about a couple more things. When you think about it, the way this film was shot is also 
really good for uh, a brand new filmmaker. Bong Joon-ho has always had style. He, he does this thing where he blends genres. Throughout this film, uh, I definitely felt a blend of horror and drama. There's some very dark comedy. I mean, it's hard to make a film that people can also kind of find funny, uh, but involves people murdering dogs. It, it's hard because I didn't want to laugh at some of the things, but the tone is so odd that sometimes you feel you're about to laugh and then you're like, oh, but in the last scene, this guy threw a dog off the roof. Uh, it's a wild film. Uh, there's this story about this guy named Boiler Kim, uh, who I'm not certain. There are a couple things in this film that might have gone over my head. But I'm not certain if this like homeless guy that lives in the basement is supposed to be Boiler Kim. If anyone knows about that, maybe let me know. Uh, but there are these two guys that tell the story of Boiler Kim, and he supposedly got like stuck in the walls or something. It's a weird story, but it's kind of told in a dark like ghost story setting. But it also feels kind of funny because it's such a weird story of just this guy getting like stuck in the walls. Super interesting tone throughout the film. Uh, there's a chase scene that's very well shot and the camera kind of angles so you feel like you're running a lot of the time. Uh, something I found interesting is this guy goes onto the roof to throw the dog off. The main, the main actor goes onto this roof to throw a dog off, trying not to be seen. But at the same time, he's wearing very bright red. And he's wearing, like, all red. Like, I don't think it's a jumpsuit, but it is all bright red matching. And I don't know why you would go up to the roof not wanting to be seen and wear all red. I don't know if they had a wardrobing problem with this movie. The girl that's chasing him is also wearing, like, all yellow. Uh, so maybe there's some deep symbolism in there somewhere that I missed, but... It's very interesting that they would choose that, especially because she's trying to catch this guy. And she can't catch him. But the first thing I would report to the police is there's this guy running around wearing bright red, and he just threw a dog off the roof. That she also finds the dog. So she has evidence of this. But I guess that, that didn't pop into her mind at the time was that the guy was wearing bright red. But yeah, the chase scene and the scenes that take place throughout the apartment complex are very, uh, very well shot. And there's, there's a lot of wide shots that show the whole setting. There's a scene that I feel like Bong Joon-ho was probably thinking about this scene when he made Parasite, but there's a scene where they're spraying like pesticide when the dog gets lost. Uh, when the man, the professor loses the dog the dog supposedly ran away into this pesticide cloud, which I don't know if the man was trying to like kill the dog by walking into the pesticide with it, or if he was trying to like kill himself by doing that, because he's just walking through this cloud of pesticide and people were told that there was going to be people spraying pesticides. So I don't know, maybe he doesn't realize that that is extremely unhealthy for you and extremely unhealthy for a dog, but the dog runs away and it really reminded me of this scene where they're spraying like fumigation in Parasite. And I think that Bong Joon-ho might have thought back to this scene and he was like, I'm going to flex my older debut film by recreating this scene in my new film. 
so you you can definitely tell that this is a Bong Joon-ho film because of the tone, because of the the blend of genres, because of how well shot it is, really. I mean, we talked about his dad was, was an art guy. His dad was the leader of the National Film Institute and involved in art all the time. So I'm sure Bong Joon-ho took a lot of inspiration from that and kind of gained a lot of knowledge from that. Uh, let's take one more break here, and then we're going to talk a little bit more, and we'll talk about next week's film. I want to end this episode by talking about how the how the dogs in this film are treated. And if you are a dog owner, do not treat your dog like anyone treats their dog in this film. Do not throw your dog off a roof. Do not just let your dog wander away into pesticide. Don't walk your dog through pesticides. And I also think that you probably should not give your dog strawberry milk. Uh, the wife of the professor buys a bunch of strawberry milk for the dog, I guess, which I don't know. Maybe that's a thing they do in South Korea. I don't know if people give their dogs milk normally, but I've never seen that before. Um, I'm not a veterinarian and I don't know much about dogs to be honest, but I don't think strawberry milk is good for them. If I'm wrong, let me know, but I don't endorse that because I don't know enough about it. Overall, this film's great. I think it is a solid debut for Bong Joon-ho and I'm excited that we got to start with this film. I'm excited for next week's films. Um... I have not seen the film that we're going to watch next time. This coming Tuesday, I'm going to talk about Memories of Murder, which looks wild. I'm not sure if Memories of Murder is going to have the same tone as this film. It looks extremely dark. This film was very dark. I will say that. I mean, they're like killing dogs in this film, which is never easy to watch. I don't like the idea of watching somebody throw a dog off the roof. It made me very uncomfortable. But there's still, there's still this comedic element. Now, on Tuesday, we're going to watch the next film, his second film, his sophomore film, I guess. Uh, and it is called Memories of Murder. And it looks extremely dark, and it's based on a true story, which leads me to believe it's not going to have the same comedic elements. It looks very much like... Bong Joon-ho's version of like Seven, where they're like hunting a serial killer. Uh, if you haven't seen Seven, I highly recommend it. Um, I have been watching David Fincher's whole filmography, and I'm kind of sad because I should not have done that because I do want to do all of David Fincher's filmography again soon and talk about it. So I'll probably come back to that at some point. But I watched Seven, and I'm all the way up. I just finished watching The Social Network, so I only have, I think, two films left to watch of his. And it is a solid filmography. And I see some, uh, there's some similarities to Bong Joon-ho in the tone. Um, but Memories of Murder looks a lot like Seven to me. And I think it's going to be sad. It's going to be somewhat longer. And it's going to be very dark. And I'm excited because that's not something I've seen from Bong Joon-ho yet. I've seen more comedic takes on these dark subjects. And I mean, I could be wrong. It's just hard for me to tell if you're going to make a true story feel comedic. Uh, 
so yeah, that's that's coming up next week. And then after that, what's his next film? I think his next film is Mother, which is another film I know nothing about. So I will not talk about that right now. Uh, but next week, starting off next Tuesday with Memories of Murder. I hope you all have a nice weekend. Let me know what you thought of this podcast, what you want to know more about Bong Joon-ho, because um, that's, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to, to rant. I'm here to tell personal stories into the ether of maybe no one who listens to this podcast. Uh, if you are listening, just let me know. Let me know you're listening, because uh, I'm interested to see my audience. We've started to become a somewhat bigger audience. I'm not going to say a big audience because it's definitely not a big audience. It's a small audience, but a more diverse audience, I guess is what I'm I'm trying to say. Um, I see I have some listeners in Germany. I've got some listeners in the UK. I've got some listeners in Virginia, which feels like a different country to me. Uh, So let me know. Let me know you're listening. You can message me on Anchor. You can email me or you can message me on social media. All that stuff is in the description for this podcast. And I'd love to hear from you. If you want to be featured in a future episode, let me know. I I love saying featured and future in the same sentence because that's tough to tough to say. Anyways, that is it. Have a nice weekend. I'll talk to you on Tuesday and we'll be talking about memories of murder.